Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Kawaii Cast. My name's Candace. And I'm Tyler. And we got an episode to get through today. Yes, we do. I'm very tired. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so starting off, Animu News. So, I can't remember if it was the last episode or the episode before, but one of the news segments that we were talking about was the fact that the Persona games were announced to be released for PC and Xbox. And I remember very specifically you were joking about how they went with Persona 3 Portable, even though it wasn't releasing to a portable system. Well, this week they announced that all three games will now be released onto the Switch as well. Yep. So it is going to be on a portable system. <laughs> there you go. Am I really going to buy Persona 5 the like a fourth time? Probably. Yeah. Fifth time. This will be my fifth time buying <laughs> It'll Persona 5. It'll be your fifth 5. time buying it. Yeah, because I bought the original game for myself, and then I bought the original game for you. Yes. And then I bought Royal for myself. Yep. And then I bought Royal for you. Yep. And now I'm going to buy Royal Switch for myself, and I... Maybe's Royal Switch for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one for me, one for you. <laughs> two for me, two for you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I can't wait for all of the Persona fans to play the Persona games for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, in other news. Uh, Jump Plus is aiming to release all new manga series simultaneously in English after 2023. Nice. So that's that's kind of neat. You won't have to wait for a translation update for that. Mm-hmm. So, cool beans. Yeah. Also, uh, happy Anime Expo to everybody that's there. Yeah, that is a thing, isn't yep, it? Yeah, that is this weekend. Happy Anime Expo, everybody. Yeah, that's what I got. That's that's what I got. I feel like I had something else, and then I forgot. Oh! I do have one more thing, though. Uh-oh. So, I shared this one last night, but the uh, That Time I Got Reincarnated Slime movie will be hitting theaters. Nice. Yeah, sponsored by Crunchyroll. So that'll be exciting, because it looks like it's going to be a Benny Maru-heavy story. And Benny Maru is best boy, so... Benny Maru needs more attention. He does. As, as someone who is reading through the light novels, he needs more attention. He does. He's great. He's just... He is best boy. Seriously. He is pretty fantastic. He was pretty awesome in the last season. I mean, just... my best boy will always be Soei, because... Soei. Soei's but... great, but... <laughs> yeah, Benny Maru is my favorite. He was really great last season. One between like just murdering all of those people with like a single attack and then to that one battle where him and the other guy were basically just like if we keep going you're gonna murder me and Benny Mara was like yeah if I keep going I'm gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> if I took this seriously you'd be dead I can see that yes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that fight Benny Mara's best boy yeah good times uh, with that, that's it. That's it. That's it. 
So <laughs> let's go ahead and get into this episode because it's probably going to be a little bit of a long one. I don't know if it'll be as long as the beginning of the season because I think there was quite a few things that I stopped watching. And there were a few things that haven't wrapped up yet, but let's do our seasonal wrap-up for the spring season. Yeah. So, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> where to st Just go down the list. Uh, you say that like I have a list. I mean, I figured you had, like, my anime list pulled up. And, no. And first thing on there is Spy Fam- X Family. Yeah, Spy by Family. Al always pronounce your X's. Spy by Family, yeah. Uh... Spy to the power of family. No, that would be uh, Spy Times Family. Spy Times Family. You're, you're thinking of family a little small above yeah. to the right. Of, yeah. Either way. Spy by Family. And this one we talked about not too long ago, but obviously this was the most hype show of the season the one that everybody was talking about and the one that everybody was super excited about it sure was i do have a little bit of a theory on how the general audience is going to be thinking about spy family for the rest of the year one it is coming back in october so it's going to be part of the fall season this year so it's it's not going to completely dissipate from the hype train this year but I have noticed kind of a strange thing going on with the merchandise. So when they announced the Nendroids for these characters, they kind of released all three of them within a month of each other with uh, like Anya and Lloyd literally being released a day apart from each other. Mm -hmm. And then you're following suit like as soon as they were able to get her out. Yeah. And I think that what the like biggest reason for this is that I think Good Smile is actually kind of nervous about releasing these two far apart because one they really want to encourage people to get these as a set which me personally I think if they had spread them a little bit more apart I probably would have bought all three but because they were all so close together I'm probably not buying any of them but I think they're also concerned that the hype for this series is going to die Especially because the fall season is going to be a very, very competitive anime season this year with Attack on Titan returning and Chainsaw Man, finally, maybe. Finally. I keep saying they, Chainsaw Man's coming They've been again. teasing us Chainsaw Man for, yeah. like, every season for, like, a year now. Yeah, so I believe that they're very concerned that Spy Family is going to be completely overshadowed by the competitive anime season upcoming. And that a lot of the hype surrounding this series is just going to die out. And the last time they were banking on hype and spreading Nendroids out far apart in the hopes that people would buy multiple of them was Tokyo Revengers. And Tokyo Revengers almost completely fizzled out. Like, there's still Tokyo Revengers fans out there, but I remember a lot of people ordering the Mikey Nendroid, and then when he finally showed up, them being like, oh... Yeah. I kind of forgot I ordered this. That was the thing, wasn't it? I think in retrospect, people were just kind of like, yeah, Mikey really wasn't that well-written of a character, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of people were kind of having buyer's remorse for the Tokyo Revengers merchandise, not to mention the fact that the Dendroid was a complete flop. A lot of the quality control in it was just absolute hot garbage. 
and some people actually had to completely warp their Nendroid just to get the pieces to fit, including the faceplate, which is kind of a big deal. So I think because of that, a lot of people don't want to buy the rest of the series, and Good Smile was absolutely banking on the idea that people were going to be buying the whole set. So with Spy Family, you have to have all three of them pre-ordered at the same time if you want to get them. So by the time they release, even if their quality is kind of garbage, you already have all three coming in at the same time. You already bought all three of them. You've already committed to getting all three of them. So, and I think that is even more supportive with the fact that Lloyd was the one who was kind of packaged with Anya, the most popular character and the least popular character kind of packaged together where your kind of stands out on her own. So I do think that while this series is the one thing that everybody wanted to talk about this season, I do think there are a lot of people predicting that not a lot of people are going to be talking about this show by the end of the year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And and I've 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 said before, like this is this is a pretty good season, but compared to like other seasons, it's not really fantastic yeah like like the there's shows that are good but there's nothing in this season that i would be like okay yeah this is definitely anime of the year material oh yeah absolutely i do think that spy family hits that gold standard of quality like this should be the bare minimum you should expect from your anime but i also don't think this is going to be the thing that everybody's going to be super excited about come like a couple months from now yeah so i'm excited for it to return my only real gripe with the series like if i had anything negative to say is i felt like they wrapped up this season on a really weak note they did it felt really weird at at the the season finale which like i understand if it's it's just going on a temporary hiatus yeah like, like i understand since it is like you know, they're they're being like, oh, we're gonna be back, you know. But you In- should instead of ending it a, a an episode earlier, mm-hmm. which would have ended it on a high note, you know, like a strong note. But it also would have ended at a spot where it's like, okay, it's easy to not come back for a second season or what, you know? Yeah, you should always leave your audience wanting more. And I think the anticipation of the introduction of the dog is far more interesting than the aquarium trip was. And the aquarium trip, I think, would have been a really good episode to ease us back into the show come the fall season. Yeah. It would have given us a good reminder of, you know, the Forger's missions. It would have reintroduced us to the characters in a really, like, casual way. And it would have been a really just chill episode, which I think episode like one of a returning series can always be a little bit more chill like that yeah so and i that's probably just bad timing on their part but i think they should have just ended on episode 11 and come back a week early in the fall season with episode 12 yeah just personal opinion but i some people might disagree with that no i i mean i agree but hey what are you gonna do right yeah so yeah spy family probably the best show this season Yes, Spy X Family. Probably not the best show this year. <laughs> and now my phone's like being weird. So I'll let you... Uh, I mean, next on the list, uh, on my anime list, is uh, Rising of the Shield Hero. 
I know you weren't watching it. I was not. I completely dropped it because yeah. <laughs> you were tired it, of watching them fight the same turtle over and over again. Yeah, it was. It wasn't good. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, maybe when I have more mental energy, I might go back and see if it gets better. Or you can just message me. Tell me, does <laughs> Shield Hero get better after the fucking turtle? Okay, like from what everybody <sighs> who's read the light novels has said. The turtle arc is the worst arc, and it is the equivalent of the whale arc from ReZero, except a thousand times worse. It's like if you had to keep repeating the whale arc over and over again. But the thing that confuses me, I wasn't even watching the show, and the thing that confuses me was honestly the fact that they skipped an arc. Like, not a full arc, but they skipped several, like, chapters, I guess, from the light novels. Mm -hmm. And one of the characters introduced in the first episode of the second season wasn't even introduced. She was already kind of part of the party already. Yeah, that, that was kind of off-putting. It was just like, oh, by the way, I know you came here and joined us from the Bow Heroes team, so, <laughs> like, let's let's do this shit, okay? Like, it, it just... It, it just felt weird. Yeah, it's like that episode of The Simpsons <clears throat> with, like, Homer's cousin or whatever that was introduced. Like, the character that was clearly meant to be, like, a joke character where they're just like, oh, yeah, he's staying with us. I Actually, I don't even think he was related to The Simpsons, but it was the episode where Homer voiced Poochie. Oh, and, and then there and was the, a random... the guy that was staying with them would have been, like, the perfect voice for Poochie. Yeah. Yeah. And the joke was that Poochie was just added to, like, the show to make it fresh, and then this random character that was staying at their house was the exact same bit. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what this character in Shield Hero kind of had the same energy as, like... It pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it got dropped. Yeah, everybody does say it gets better after the turtle, but honestly, my biggest issue with Rising of the Shield Hero is now that the whole, like, isekai world is kind of just like, oh yeah, we like the Shield Hero. It kind of erased a lot of that buildup that was created in the first three episodes, and I kind of predicted that the show was going to go that way, because the other three heroes have no point in the show at all. If they had built up the other three heroes throughout the show gradually as good supporting no, no, cast. No, see, that's 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 part of it too. Is like in in the first season or whatever. Basically, the point of the the other three heroes is they unknowingly caused problems that the Shield Hero had to clean up. Mm -hmm. In this season, they don't even cause fucking problems. They're not even in the picture. Yeah. Like, like that's that's part of it. Is like they're they're not even in the formula. That's the the formula is missing an X and a Q. Okay, like it's it's gone. Yeah. To me, the other three heroes were always pointless to the story. Like the whole series was basically just if you like the Shield Hero, you're a good person. If you don't like the shield hero, you're a bad person. Is a very black and white scale. And if you are any kind of character in the show at all that has any kind of speaking dialogue, you better pick your side quickly because the whole audience is going to judge you if you don't. <laughs> yeah. And I just couldn't go into the second season with knowing that the whole world is now on shield hero's side. It has no conflict, and I'm not surprised that the big conflict of this season was just an unstoppable turtle. 
because frankly, that's the only direction it could have gone. Well, it was, it was an unstoppable turtle, and then like the the twist of the the turtle thing at the end. The the girl that joined him that was saying she's like the the emissary of the turtle or whatever, and she was joined. It's a weird, convoluted <laughs> story. It's so awkward, and that's why it's so bad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, speaking of stories that got dropped, uh, I actually didn't drop this because it was a bad anime. I dropped it merely because... I don't know if this was an anime for me, personally, but I do think that this is an anime for a lot of people out there. And I do want more people to go watch this anime because I want people to understand whether or not this is going to be an anime for them without judging a book by its cover. And that is Birdie Wing Golf Girl Story. Mm-hmm. This story is so fucking out there and I have such a love-hate relationship with it. Like, if you guys were ever, like, thinking, man, card games on motorcycles could really use more lesbians... This is the anime for you. I mean, card games on motorcycles could use more lesbians. This is the anime for you! <laughs> because this anime is literally about the underworld, dark, like, underground golfing rig and the girl who takes advantage of the system in order to protect the orphanage. But turns out she's in love with the pro golfer from the rich territory of Japan who is a prodigy, and they're lesbians, and she has to balance the fact that she's in love with this girl with trying to defeat the golfing mafia. Yeah, and- all, all I got out of that was underground golfing, and that sounds very difficult. It's so. ridiculous. <laughs> and genuinely, like I said, I think a lot of people would love this anime if they didn't look at it at its surface value, but actually just sat down and watched it. Because it is basically every single ridiculous shonen trope you could possibly put into a series, but with female protagonists. And there's something genuinely great about that. It just personally, I kind of got out of the whole ridiculous Yu-Gi-Oh phase quite a while ago. So for this, for me, this show was a little bit too far in that direction. But I know a lot of people are definitely craving that, and this anime could scratch that itch for you guys. I don't think it's bad. Not at all. In fact, I think it's probably a 10 out of 10 series. It just wasn't something that was holding my interest a whole lot. It did get announced for a second season, though, so obviously a lot of people were enjoying it. Yeah. So, yeah. If you guys want to see a, like, underground golf match where... A woman literally tricks her opponent into hallucinating by unzipping her clothes. Then go watch this anime. All, all of the economy and... That, that sounds like Food Wars level of bullshit. It's not quite that level of bullshit, but it's close. <laughs> it's like a refined, polished version of Food Wars with less hentai references. Oh, okay. <laughs> Less tentacles. Uh, that is the exact opposite of what I want out of my anime. There's, I, I need more tentacles. There's one episode where the main character enters a virtual world reality golf tournament, 
and she has the like woman running the virtual world pick her outfit for her, and she literally puts her in a cat made outfit. Nice. To play golf. <laughs> a cyberpunk cat made outfit at that. <laughs> Alright. So yeah, I like this anime. I just just wasn't holding your attention. Just wasn't holding my attention. No, I I get it. This season has been bad. Like like I said, there's there's been good shows, but I just I dropped almost everything. Yeah. Is is the thing. Just because I I wasn't drawn to anything like I, yeah I, it, you know i have my my sundays for anime watching and every sunday came along and i was just like i don't really feel like watching everything like static channel three brain yeah yeah and the thing is like i normally wouldn't drop a good anime and i felt like this was a good anime that i just i don't know my, i've just felt a little bit distracted i guess yeah so yeah 10 out of 10 would recommend. Just didn't finish it. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the next one on the list. Uh, next one on the list uh, is Kaguya. So this was probably the best anime this season, honestly. I would actually recommend Kaguya-sama over Spy Family any day. So, the so recently... On uh, my anime list, which is what I'm going off of, mm -hmm. uh, Kaguya actually over t overtook the the first place spot for the highest rated. Yeah, which which is really neat. And honestly, with with the way it ended, mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. Yeah, because that was like peak romance anime ending, okay? <laughs> okay, but like, I think the funny thing is the last anime to dethrone Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood was the latest season of Attack on Titan, which then the Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood fans immediately overturned that again. So for Kaguya-sama <laughs> to just come in and swipe that spot, it's like, here's this bullshit comedy romance anime overtaking two of like the biggest juggernauts in anime like in the last like decade. Mm-hmm. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. But yeah, Kaguya-sama was undeniably the best anime this season. Yeah. The only reason I can't recommend it as much as I recommend Spy Family is just because it was its third season. And at this point, if we haven't already sold you on the first two seasons, I wasn't sure if we were going to sell you guys on the third. Yeah. But, damn. <laughs> Damn, damn, damn. This season was so good. I love that, like, the last um, half of it was just dedicated to the finale. Speaking of, um, I didn't mention it in the news segment, but uh, the Kaguya manga is actually ending in 14 chapters. Yeah. So. So we will likely get more content in, for the anime in the future because of that. Mm-hmm. Not really sure how they're going to because it kind of feels like the anime kind of ended really perfectly. I I hope they don't mm -hmm. continue it because yeah, like you said, it it just ended so well. That is peak romance anime. Mm -hmm. You know, this anime had the best fireworks episode. This anime had the best uh, character redemption arc. Only for that to fall apart literally an episode later, which is just <laughs> seriously. Uh. And at this point, it had the top two best confessions I've ever seen in an anime. Mm-hmm. And 
gold. It's so good. It's so good, you guys. I can't. I can't please, sing its praises enough. Please, please tell me you consider this the second best confession you've seen in a, an anime, uh, Ishigamis. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Ishigami <laughs> had the second best confession in anime. Subarashi. <laughs> Oh, Ishigami, we love you. I I hope for Ishigami's happiness. Same. He deserves it. <laughs> he absolutely deserves it. Uh, also, I really, really liked the uh, rubber hose animation they used on Kaguya when she was trying to find the charm in her pocket. <laughs> it's so charming and it's so great. And I've seen it already memed to death and it's great. Yeah. And it they, just, they did a good job. They just did an amazing job. Uh, I wouldn't mind if they did, like, spin-off OVAs for this show to kind of wrap up some of the other character arcs. But... Well, OVAs would be fine, but yeah. I, I don't want them to continue the story. Yeah. I know that sounds weird, but that's that's just the way I think it should be. Mm-hmm. And I love that each season kind of had, like, those peak moments. Like, the first season had the fireworks... The second season had the sports festival redemption, and this had the uh, school festival. Yeah. And it's just like, this is how you do anime. Like, not just slice of life, not just comedy, not just romance. This is how you do anime. You take a major thing that's going to be built up by the end of your season, and you focus on it. And you could still make fun little skits that go along with it, and this... It's just so good. If you guys have not watched Kaguya-sama, go fucking watch Kaguya-sama. I remember you didn't like Kaguya-sama when you first watched it. I and... didn't. I couldn't get through the first <laughs> episode. I was like, oh boy, this is too... Mm. That was me but, with but I am Konosuba. But I am glad that I, I, I came back to it. Yeah, that was me with Konosuba. I, I thought the first episode was trash, and then you were like, no, trust me. Go into it with the perspective that it's trash, and you'll enjoy it. And that's kind of what you gotta do with Kaguya-sama, is that this is literally two tsundere's falling in love with each other. Don't take it seriously. Don't think about it like these are real people that need to get over their issues. This is two lunatics that need to get over their issues. And do they ever. I love it so much. I love it so I don't, much. I don't think they do. I think... <laughs> I, I think, uh... They are going to be, like, thir 13 years into marriage, still trying to get the other one to confess to them. <laughs> this like, is their wedding. Like, like, their, their ultimate goal is to see who can say, I love you first. <laughs> they're on their wedding day, and they're both plotting to see which one of them says, I do first. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's exactly how I see it going down. I love... Just this confession. I love the fact that both of them had a genuinely good reason why they needed the other one to confess first. Like, at the beginning of the show, it was just like, okay, we get it, they're assholes. You know, they're just both, like, control freaks that need to feel like they're in absolute 100% control of every single situation they're a part of. But then at the end of the show, it was like, they were both just such vulnerable people that they needed to know how the other one felt before they were able to be honest with themselves. God, and like, um... 
<laughs> that fortune teller, that high school fortune teller at the the festival, just mm-hmm. nailing every, like, hitting every <laughs> nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a way to turn around two really well-established characters, though. Starting them off as, like, these unlikable people, and then making them two of the most relatable characters I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Like, absolutely fucking fantastic. I'm not surprised this took the number one spot. I don't think it'll last in the number one spot, but it was a good final hurrah for this franchise. Yeah. So, and I'm really happy with it. So, if if we keep going, I'm just gonna talk about nothing but Kaguya-sama, so we should probably move on. <laughs> right. Uh, what else you got? Uh, my phone is being weird. Hold on. So, one that I watched that I know for a fact that you did not. Sure didn't. This was also just one of those, like, absolutely incredible, like, hidden gems. Anytime I saw, like, social media or a website post clips or, like, images of this series, I'd always see people commenting, like, what is this? I need to watch this. This looks so good. And then you would tell them what it is and be like, ew, no, I'm not going to go watch that. And that is Dance Dance Donosaur. Oh my god, this anime was everything I could have hoped for in just any kind of drama, honestly. Like, I I haven't been this excited about a drama since Rakugo. It was just beautiful, it was artistic, it was tragic, it is a story about fucking child abuse, fucking first crushes, just how teenagers just kind of view shitty adults, but also kind of want to be responsible. This pressure from both society and your family and just yourself in discovering what you want your future to be when you're still in middle school. Like For, for any teenagers that may be listening, take it from a 30-year-old adult. Don't take any responsibility too early. Yeah. <laughs> Stay young forever. Yeah, like... <laughs> I don't see this enough with, like, coming-of-age stories, but there really is a lot of pressure when you're in middle school and high school to figure out your entire future when you're that young. God, like, and not even just in, like, anime and shit. I remember when I was in middle school, they'd, you know, they'd do the every year, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, like Mm -hmm. to your uh, school counselor, and it's, it's like, shit, I don't know. So they took that and did, they... Did you want to be a school counselor when you were, you know, 13? Yeah. So it takes that level of, like, middle school pressure of, like, career day to the extreme because this series is about ballet. And anybody who knows anything about ballet knows that you decide you want to be a ballet dancer when you're, like, five. And that is your life from five to adulthood is becoming a ballet dancer. Or if you live in China, the government decides what you're going to be. No, I'm kidding. But But imagine that level of pressure. And then we follow our main character, Junpei, when he was a kid, he did want to be a ballet dancer. His dad was a stuntman and his uncle uh, taught martial arts, but he wanted to be a ballet dancer. It's just something that he really enjoyed. And his dad was kind of hesitant about it at first. He wanted him to pick something a little bit more manly, but then when he saw how much his son loved ballet, he's like, okay, we'll give it a chance. You know, we'll we'll see how you feel about it. We'll let you try out, whatever. Unfortunately, his dad being a stuntman almost immediately dies after this. 
and his naturally his brother, the main character's uncle, then tells him that now he's the man of the family and he has to take care of his sister and his mom, meaning he has to be a manly man. So instead of going into ballet, he learns martial arts from his uncle until he gets to late middle school, where he has this unusual knack for jumps and high kicks and is extremely flexible and apparently would have been a natural born prodigy in ballet if he had started when he was younger. And one of the girls in his class just so happens to notice this and kind of tricks him into joining ballet, something he gave up when he was younger so he could be the, you know, supporting pillar of his family. And Can you imagine the pressure put on you like as as a middle school kid like, oh shit, dad died. Now I have to take care of my my mom. Yeah. And, like God damn. Yeah, and it doesn't get any better when he finally decides that he really does want to get back into ballet, only to kind of be rejected by most of the professional ballet court or teachers and classes because he's only been doing it for a month and he's already passed most of his growth spurts. And a lot of those muscles aren't going to develop properly because you need to develop those when you're a child. So he wants to become this professional ballet dancer that he could have easily been if he had started when he was younger. And now he has a lot of catching up to do in an industry that doesn't even think Japanese people can do ballet in the first place. And he meets his rival character who was basically abused as a child by his grandmother who went to Russia to marry a man so she could have Russian children so they could be good at ballet. See, here, I was was gonna say, let me guess, the rival is from Russia. Yeah. (laughs) The stereotype home, like, birthplace of, like, ballet. He's a quarter Japanese, because his mother was half Russian. And his mother apparently gave up ballet because she didn't like how her mother was forcing it on her to become an idol and then basically abandoned her son to go start a new life in Paris with a new husband and a new child who she loves more. And so now he's kind of shamed by his mother and he's abused by his grandmother. And now his only hope for being anything worth of value is to become a professional ballet dancer. And he's being shown up by this kid that a couple months ago was doing martial arts. Yeah, sounds like a terrible anime. It's amazing. Let's move on. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) This anime is everything you could want in a good rival story, in a good coming-of-age story, and it's just a really pretty shoujo series, too. I love it. I I think this was one of those hidden gems that nobody gave the chance to, because it's a ballet anime, and if you're not manly enough to like a ballet anime, then... I'll be manly enough for the both of us. So (laughs) let's go ahead and move on though. What's next on your list? What's next on your list? Uh, I'm just going down the list. Uh, Next on mine is uh, Shikimori-san is not just a cutie. Yes. So this one hasn't officially wrapped up yet. No. And we kind of talked about this one before. Um, I was saying that I was hoping that this series would have some kind of major central conflict. Kind of seems like that conflict never, came and went. Never, yeah. It, it was the rival. Yeah, it just, it was very anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, 
It, uh, the show's okay. It's, it's okay. It's it's cute. It's yeah. it's not it's not something to shout home about. Yeah, I think that basically sums it up. I think it gets way more shit than it deserves. Like a lot of people just really really want to rag on this anime, and I don't think it deserves that. It it does what it sets out to do, which is just be a really cute slice of life about a girl that often is a bit too tough for her own good and her boyfriend that's just the purest sugar cube on the planet yep who can't seem One, to 100, take three steps without tripping 100 percent cinnamon roll yeah and it's cute it's fine yeah i think people set their expectations for this anime too high and i talked a lot about this in the episode we covered with this one i think people were expecting the next like harem style slice of life or something like uh like how marion was or rent a girlfriend or anything like that where this really would be more appealing to girls that like boy love yeah strangely enough yeah so and and i mentioned in that episode as well like if if you're looking for your next marion or whatever just go watch a couple of cuckoos. Yeah. That one's that one's the the choice. Yeah. So yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, the other one that I feel like kind of falls into that sweet spot of it's nice. It's nothing I'm gonna like tell people they need to go watch is uh Diamond Recipe for Happiness. It's really cute. It's really cute. It it's, feels it's like wholesome. It's a low-calorie sweetness and lightning. Yeah. So, ironically being that this is about sweets. But <laughs> it, it really is... It's diet that. I think a mean person would say it's store brand that. But I think, it, I think it's just diet that. Yeah. If you're just like, I like anime featuring a guy trying to raise a child and have it not be creepy or pedophilic... Uh, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Because he really is just genuinely trying to raise her like she's his daughter. And he just genuinely wants to be a good family guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's cute. I also really like the Kyoto setting. I don't think we see enough modern day anime with Kyoto as a setting. Yeah. And I, I think we should get more because... Apparently Kyoto is struggling financially. Really? <laughs> yeah, apparently they're like billions of yen in debt oh my yeah so we we probably need more tourism to kyoto when the country finally opens up and this was before the pandemic so that was crazy yeah so yeah cute cute but nothing to write home about uh one that also kind of fell into this category but i think is the best of the three was Aharen-san, uh, Wahakaranai? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I don't remember the English title. It's something like Aharen is difficult to understand or something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the only thing that kind of disappointed me with this one is that it did become a romance anime. I felt like the confession in this one was extremely weak, especially coming into the same season as Kaguya-sama. Yeah. But even by just typical slice-of-life standards, I felt like the confession in this was a little bit watered down. So so here's the thing. Um, you kind of saw it coming. You knew that mm-hmm. these two were going to get together. 
Um, that being said, I felt the the confession was was on a different scale mm -hmm. than the Kaguya one. Uh, like the Kaguya one is like the whole like big romantic gesture. This is like me confessing, you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Whereas Aharon-san was more of a kind of realistic thing. Yeah, but I think even coming from things like Horimiya and Sasaki and Miyano that also did more of the realistic confession, those kind of hit the spot a little bit better, where this one just kind of felt like I would have almost rather these two stayed friends. Yeah, um, it... It does, I will admit, it does feel a little weird because the series does start out as, like, these two are just friends. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, and then they become, you know, uh, romantically involved. So, so I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. I just didn't like the sudden tone shift of this being, like, a fun, quirky comedy about two awkward people finding companionship with each other to... Suddenly, the every time Aharon-san sees, uh, literally can't think of his name right now. Right, Reik, Reiken? What's his name? Ray, Ray, Reiko. The main character. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Ray, Ray, Raiden. Raiden. That's Raiden. Yeah. Every time she sees him, she just gets all flustered and just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? And it just kind of, it felt like a really weird tone shift. Yeah. I liked more of the idea of him constantly just thinking, like, she was just this Yakuza level of, like, super boss. And that he just had this, like, his imagination just constantly runs wild when it comes to her. And then when he does underestimate her, she just pulls, like, a power move on him. And I'm like, it was a bit, like, repetitive, but it, it was a fun show. And then it just became a slice of life. And yeah, I think I, I missed the joke part of it. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I don't think it was bad. I just... I think if the show had followed the second half of the series tone from the beginning, I probably wouldn't have watched it to begin with. Yeah. So, good thing that the first half of the show really did have that tone that I liked. And the ridiculous amount of JoJo references. Which... Quality. Quality JoJo's references. Particularly the I Can See Your Underwear reference. <laughs> what? One reference that cracked me up, uh, and I keep seeing the meme of it over and over again, is like, the meme is like, oh, this looks like a cute, wholesome anime. And then uh, it, it shows an image of uh, a Haran, like, pigtails and glasses. Mm -hmm. And anyone who knows where that's from is like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... I loved the comedy of this show, and I think it would have been a really fun comedy for anybody to get into. I love the Nendroid of her as well, that has the, like, ridiculously long chopsticks. Yeah. It almost makes it worth buying that Nendroid just for that little prop. <laughs> just for the chopsticks. Yeah. But, I don't know. I think it's just, this is one that I'm probably going to forget in the future. That's fair. So, fidget spinners. <laughs> This fidget spinners is a good metaphor for this anime. Yeah, it was fun, and I think everybody got a good kick out of it. But it's it's pretty much died off. Yeah, and I think this anime even saw the resurgence of fidget spinners because I mentioned that I work retail, and 
I did see a lot of fidget spinners going through my register the weeks after that episode aired. And now I don't see them anymore. So, like, yeah. I really do think people were buying fidget spinners just because of this anime. So... Yeah. Anything else over on your end? There's one more that I was watching that you weren't. This one is continuing on to the next season. And at the beginning of the season, I talked about how I wasn't sure if I was going to keep watching this one because I felt like it wasn't very appealing, but I was going to suffer through it to let you guys know what I thought about it after the 12 episode stretch. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm actually going to continue watching it next season. I don't know if it'll survive the hype of next season, but it at least survived this season. It survived the 12 episode trial. And that was Tomodachi Game. So... I thought this episode... I could have sworn you would have dropped that. Nope, I did not. I made it through all 12 episodes, and I'll say this is but one... But are they still friends? Uh, it's kind of up in the air right now, actually. Because <laughs> all of them are terrible people. And the first two games, it kind of felt like I didn't want to see them survive. Because I'm like, wow, these guys are fucking shitty, and their friendship was kind of shallow, and... Genuinely, this is kind of a crap anime, and the big plot twist of who the traitor was was already revealed in the second game, so I don't really know what this game could do from here. And then the end of the second game kind of pulled a fast one on us by revealing that the main character is actually the biggest scumbag of all of them, and that he wasn't banking on their friendship because he believes the power of friendship can save everything, and I just need to have good people surrounding me at all times to be a good person. No, he was banking on them being friends, because he knew they were all shitty people, and the only thing that they have in the world to survive off of is literally each other. And he needs that to work, because otherwise, they're all going to be menaces to society, and they will all end up completely alone. So their friendship isn't built off of happiness and charm and all that, it's built off the fact that they literally need each other to survive how cruel the world is. And right now, with the ending of episode 12, a couple of the characters in this group have realized that and realized just how badly they need him. And they're starting to fight back against this game. And this was not what I was expecting at all. And it kind of pulled me back in. I do think the production of this show is still kind of hot garbage, which is the reason a lot of people don't want to watch it in the first place. So... Probably the manga would be a better approach to this series than the anime. But I'm too lazy to read the manga and too broke to buy the manga right now because I'm buying so many other mangas. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'll probably stick through to this one till the end because it, it genuinely surprised me. And I do think if you can get over that Squid Game comparison and realize it's kind of its own thing... You could enjoy it. I actually thought the hide-and-seek game was genuinely entertaining, and I kind of liked seeing the goody-two-shoes, we-all-work-together-because-we're-best-friends group kind of getting, like, kicked in the nuts. <laughs> like, I, I liked the whole spite thing of this series. I do think the fan service in it is kind of weird because they randomly will throw in like panty shots that don't really do anything it's like looking at a barbie doll but i'm glad that that doesn't have any part to do with the story 
And yeah, I'll, I'll probably stick through with this one. All right. Was not that bad. Surprise, surprise, surprise gem this season. All right. What's on your end? Uh, I got, well, I'm not caught up on it, but Komi-san can't communicate <laughs> is great. I'm not caught up because it's on Netflix and I keep forgetting that Netflix is a thing and has anime. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, as the one basics, does. as one does. It's gonna be cancelled on you and you're not even gonna notice. It probably will be. I'll like go to turn it on. I'll be like, oh yeah, I need to finish this show. And it'll be nowhere to be found. And I'll be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's really cute. It's... It's kind of the same as uh, Aharen-san, but leads you to believe that it's going to be a romance much earlier. Yeah. So. Okay. Got anything else for us? Nope, that's it. That's it? I Like I said, I dropped everything. There was the, there was the one show about the... Uh, basically the Power Ranger and the, the bad guy oh, that fall in love. Lo and... Love that for world domination? Yeah. I still think that would have been a perfect anime for and, Randy. And that one's really fun too, but like, I just, like I said, I have not been wanting to watch anime this season. Yeah. So there is, I did take a week off of work, as you know, last week. Hey, I took a week off of work, too. <laughs> but I watched anime. You were floating down a river or something. Yeah, I fell in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two shows that I did watch. One, I finally like listened to those impulse voices inside my head, and I rewatched all of Golden Kamui. Of course. And I'm collecting the manga. And I will say, there was a lot of shit removed from the manga. There's even, like, hints in the anime that those arcs in the manga still happened in the anime, but they just decided to skip over it. So, so now that you followed that little, uh, desire, mm -hmm. when, when are you gonna rewatch all of Haikyuu again? Oh, probably soon. But, <laughs> <laughs> depends on what next season's like, but, uh, I do highly recommend checking out Golden Kamui this season if you get the chance, because next season, fall season, we will be getting season four of Golden Kamui, and this show's freaking great. There's a reason why it has such a death grip on my mind, but yeah, so after I binge-watched all of that, I was gonna binge or go through my list of things that I needed to catch up on, and I realized there was a lot of shows that just have way more episodes than I was willing to watch in half a week since I'd already spent so much time watching Golden Kamui. And I did find one that I wanted to check out that had a decently long run, but not so long that it was, like, overwhelming. And this might have been the best thing I watched this season that came from a previous season, and that was Ranking of Kings. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I was thinking about this anime for days after I finished it. Like, Ranking of Kings might be the perfect show. It's kind of up there with Mob Psycho 100 levels of incredible. And it ended, one, on a really good note that if they never continued the show, I think it would be a pretty satisfying ending. But at the same time, it leaves it open enough for a second season and even kind of hints that we might get a second season in the future. But it's not one of those that it's 
Like, it leaves us wanting more, as I mentioned, like, that Spy Family should have done. But not to the point of things like No Game, No Life, where if we don't get a second season, we riot. Or we just feel miserable for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Rip every No Game, No Life fan. Yeah. Ranking of Kings was one of the most satisfying shows I've ever watched, and... It was just beautiful. I kind of want you to watch it so we could just talk about it for an entire episode because I don't have enough time here to explain why you guys should go watch Ranking <laughs> Kings. But, ugh, it was so good. I could see why it was nominated for so much in the Crunchyroll Awards last year, and I do regret not watching it last year. But, yeah. Go, go check it out if you get the opportunity. It's been dubbed into numerous languages... From my understanding, you can just pick whatever language you want and it will be fantastic. It feels like it's one of those anime that just got a lot of love from basically everybody. And it it really will be remembered on the same level as Mob Psycho 100, in my opinion. So, yeah, go check it out. It's beautiful. Alright. It's I don't get to talk about beautiful anime enough, and I really want you to watch it. I really do. It's... It's not one of those niche things that's good. It's just, I think anybody can enjoy this anime. Like, genuinely, anybody could enjoy this anime. It's not a one of, another one of your Rakugo no Shinjus? No, it's not. Like I said, this is more, this is closer to Mob Psycho 100. One of those that's just like, I could literally recommend this to anybody. And I, I want more people to go watch it. All right. And I low-key I mean, I think a lot of people did watch it. Just... Yeah. Just not us when it was airing. And I, I low-key want to cosplay as Miranju, so... Because damn was she a good antagonist. Like, just top tier. Fucking top tier shit. And so yeah, I wanted to end this episode on kind of a high note, since this was a bit of a down season for us. Yeah. So, yeah. Keep, keep them wanting more. There we go. There you go. That's 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 <laughs> our our lists of what we watched. That's what we watched. Thank you for listening, you guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.